Hello and welcome to the Post Up Podcast. I'm Cyrus Rogers. As always, I'm with Kaunda Chama. Uh, we're going to be getting into all things NBA from the African continent. We're based in Johannesburg, South Africa. Kaunda Chama, how are you? Cyrus Rogers, I am fine. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, you know, all of these all-star things happening, the trade shook up the entire NBA. Um, I'm actually at a loss for words as to what we're going to have in the rest of the season because everything has changed. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, let's get everybody our social media handles. We're at Post Up Podcast on Twitter, at Post Up Zone on Instagram, and at Post Up Zone on Facebook for all things NBA from an African perspective. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about the winners and losers of the trade deadline, all of the trades that happened, how things have changed within the NBA landscape. And to end off the podcast, we're going to be talking about the all-star game replacements, injury replacements, that is, um, and and what we could look forward to around all-star too, because there's a lot of really interesting things happening um, around the all-star game with regards to like G League players being part of the all-star uh, Rising Stars Challenge and and uh, some of the legends who are coaching teams there. It's, it's really fun. But Kaunda, I think we're, let's start the meal by really focusing on the, the hearty stuff here. Let's look at the trade deadline, winners and losers. Now, I don't know if you want to start when we start talking about who the winners of the, the deadline are, but I think there's a fairly obvious place to start because we spoke about the Kyrie Irving trade when that happened. Mm-hmm. That was really unbelievable. But clearly, Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns has got to be the biggest winner um, of this trade deadline. The Phoenix Suns are the winner. Um, do you agree with that? And, and if you do... Um, I think we might have the same feelings as to why they're the winners. Uh, Cyrus, when I saw Kevin Durant heading to the Phoenix Suns, I I said to myself, the Phoenix Suns are now becoming a front runner for uh, a potential chip here. Cyrus, you're talking about when Devin Booker's back healthy. Uh, We're talking about hopefully Chris Paul staying healthy. Then you got uh, DeAndre Ayton in there. Then you throw Mm -hmm. in a monster like Kevin Durant. Just those four, and you know their their, yeah. their bench is also pretty decent. But if you so just look it, at it's, those, it's four, become a little less decent. But yeah, definitely. Oh, it's those a bit four. depleted. Obviously, they, they had to give away some pieces. But if you think of those four, just those mm. four, that is a starting four of note. And I mean, Cyrus, to me, if you look at what they definitely. sent Brooklyn's way, and the fact that Brooklyn also lost. Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and Marcus Morris, Cyrus. It's it's. I mean, Markeith. Sorry, it, it it is Markeith that they 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 sent to. You were uh, right the first Cali. time. Was it Marcus Morris Senior? A Morris twin <laughs> went in the opposite the direction. <laughs> went, went went in the opposite direction. But but Cyrus, on, on, on a serious note, when I when I look at what happened there, definitely you can't deny uh, Phoenix got the better end of the deal, and 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 I think. We, we don't know what the full story is, but, uh, you know, uh, James Harden did come on a digital platform saying, uh, now you can't blame me for exiting the building, right? You can see what has transpired yeah. after I've left. So, yeah, there, there definitely, you know, is something there. I mean, the trade included um, TJ Warren um, to go to the Suns as well. Um Who's and, been and playing think, good basketball this season, Cyrus? He's he's he started to look a lot better. I mean, Cam Bridges, uh, sorry, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson going to to the Nets, um, really, really incredible um, acquisition from them from a you know a squad perspective going forward. So I think the Nets will obviously look at this and say, look, they clearly got the short end of the stick here. Losing Kevin Durant in any trade is going to hurt you. But um, at least they've got some pieces from a player perspective that they can uh, definitely lean on um, as they try to rebuild. And and we'll see what that rebuild looks like going forward. But we have Mm -hmm. to look at this specifically in terms of what this means for the Suns. And the reality of what this Suns team is pretty scary because when we look at what they... um, what they can do. I mean, it was Markeith Morris went to to the Mavericks, by the way, in the Kyrie Irving trade. But yes, the the thing with the Suns is that when you had the triumvirate of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and that took them to the NBA Finals, you always felt that they were like one Chris Paul injury or one Devin Booker injury away from completely collapsing. 
And this season in particular, you saw that with Booker getting hurt and the Suns falling off, with um, Chris Paul not being at his best and also, uh, you know, missing some time and the Suns not really doing well. Now they've got a Kevin Durant there who's not fit at the, at the moment, but will be back soon. They now have the ability to switch things up, to change things around. So it's not a... Um, a usually insignificant move because the the reality is they can then have a star player on the court at any time during any game. So it doesn't always have to be a Chris Paul. It doesn't always have to be a Devin Booker or a, a Kevin Durant. You can actually rotate between those guys or, or even a DeAndre Ayton and it shouldn't give them too much of a drop off. And I think that's where the Suns look at this and say they are in the best possible spot when it comes to trying to win a chip because they've got what it takes. They might need to get a couple of guys off the buyout market just to fill out the rest of the roster and try and get some more defense. But um, I don't think that they'll look at that as being something that would be a complete hindrance. So I think the Suns are a definite winner. Um, so I'll be giving this trade a, a double thumbs up. Yeah, double thumbs up for the Suns. I think for the Brooklyn Nets, it just adds to their woes. <laughs> oh, look, it, it, if anything, it's it's all got to do with, with their rebuild. They understood that uh, they, they're trying to sort of come back from, um, shall we say, some, some real hardship after actually bringing in these guys because things have changed completely. Um, I want to stick with winners here, Kounder, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you see this the exact same way as I do, but I think one of the other big winners of the trade deadline and, and leading into the trade uh, deadline itself are the, the LA Lakers. Um, I think they've made some, some particularly good moves. In fact, let's not even say the Lakers. Let's say the LA teams because the Lakers and the Clippers were in the doldrums. There wasn't much happening there. The guys weren't performing at the best levels possible, even though they had a, a lot of talent on the roster. And now they seem to be far better placed than they were before. Do you agree that both LA franchises have, have made um, good trades? Yes, uh, I think in, in, if you look at the Lakers, I'm glad they brought in some young talent. Uh, you, you, you were suggesting they might reach out to Chris Paul, which I'm l- happy never happened, Cyrus, because you <laughs> would just love to see us go back to that old age home where we had the old Trezor, Trevor Reeses and Carmelo Anthony's and all of them just guys use your playing alongside. Frame when you get off the bench. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm really happy, Cyrus. I I think the the the, the pieces the Lakers picked up are, are, will add to that uh, youth and athleticism that we've been lacking, uh, and obviously some 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 talented young men. It's not just like they, they you know they went to you know just pick up anybody. You know it's it's mm. it's, it's really nice players that give us some so, so some shooting. Though I mean you know we've been lacking shooting. I mean look, uh, we, we we lost Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook, my my bad, mm. when he was mm. on his way up. Well, yeah, it's the, the joke. Just you know, uh, yeah, I see you. I see you. Uh, it's too much in my head, and, and 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 I like Russell Westbrook. You know, I was so happy that he was on his way back, but I think the the you know different decisions needed to be made, and uh, you, you you know, Cyrus, you 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 got to make moves if you want to at least make it to the playoffs or, or or chase for a chip. I don't think we're still. We're still not chased for a chip ready, but at least we're better than we were looking before the trade deadline, yeah? And yeah, uh, I, and we being the Lakers, I mean... I we, we, we being the Lakers. So That's who whenever I say we, it's either mm-hmm. me and LeBron or me and the Lakers. There's two <laughs> Wii's here. <laughs> like the Nintendo Wii. The Royal yeah, Wii. So, the you Royal know, Wii. So, so Cyrus, if you look at like like a, like a player like D'Angelo Russell, I think this is his return to the Lakers. He played there with uh, Kobe before LeBron came. You know, he was there with the likes mm. of uh, 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 you know Swaggy P, uh, Nick Young. Mm. You know, he was there during you know that, how that era went with down. Kobe and them. Yeah, and I think he, his exit was rather unofficially unceremonious, but uh, I think like, I think you did mention this when uh, they said there were looking to acquire him he is more mature he is more poised i think he's obviously got more experience after having played yeah. for the brooklyn nets as well he even played some so games the for the Golden nets, State the warriors, warriors and yeah, and, played, and obviously the timberwolves and the timberwolves so he, he's had his experience i think uh, uh, as they say he's paid a lot of his school fees and now 
look, look at him. I see him to be more of a mature guard. I, I, I like even seeing him and Dennis Schroeder on the floor at the same time. Him and LeBron and, and AD on the floor at the same time is, is great, Cyrus. I, I, I think we, I mean, even before that, we brought in Rui Hachimura, who's one of our favorite yeah. players. Uh, Cyrus, yeah, things are looking a bit better at the Lakers. I, I've stopped being that mad at uh, Rob Palinka as I was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> he's, he's pulled off something that, that's, I don't want to call it rehabbed his reputation, but mm. this particular trade in particular to get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt in, as well as yep. allowing Russell Westbrook to, to, to exit, um, which has been a really tough situation for him. I think it's given everybody an understanding as, okay, make, maybe Rob Palinka has made some bad moves. Maybe he was forced into making some bad moves, but he was able to maneuver his way out of those tough situations into a Lakers roster that feels like it could go somewhere. That it's not just that dead end roster that, that, you know, everybody looked at from the outside saying, these guys can't do anything. I mean, if we yeah. look at it from a standings perspective, still, it's not as if the Lakers are now suddenly ma magically into the play, in places even. They're still outside no. of that. But they have the ability now to, to play with different types of rosters and also to, mm. to call on younger guys to, to try and do something. Guys who are still hungry, who haven't necessarily had an opportunity to express themselves. And they're going to play with one of the greatest players of all time in LeBron James. So when I look at this Lakers roster and I see somebody like D'Angelo Russell, who has a redemption story that he's trying to get to uh, at, yeah. in Lakerland, you know. When I see um, peeps like, like Beasley and Vanderbilt being given an opportunity to shine on one of the biggest stages. When we see one of our favorites in Mobamba, because, you know, we love our African brothers, suddenly finding himself in a position where all eyes will be on him. Can he lift his game defensively to a point where, where everybody was so excited about him when he was drafted by the Orlando Magic? There suddenly be a guy who would be like, yeah, I can, I can contribute on this Lakers team. I can give them some defensive st uh, st stability. And yes, uh, the likes of Thomas Bryant looked good, but now he's mm -hmm. also been shipped out. And, and now you've got another hungry young guy in, in Mobamba who can say, look, let me go out there and show you what I can do. So I, I like this for the Lakers. For the Clippers... I think this is also a very important trade deadline because they went and rejigged a lot of stuff and they've managed to get mm -hmm. a little bit younger. They've gotten rid of some of the deadwood. I don't really like calling players like John Wall the deadwood. Um, but, you know, we're seeing uh, like a Bones Highland join this team. You're seeing them say, okay, fine, you know what? Cyrus. Yeah, that was a move. I really because really, you know really Bone, Bo, Bo, Bones been been performing out there. He, he, yeah, he's been performing. Yeah, uh, in Denver, Cyrus, I, and uh, I was quite surprised to see, like, wow, he they're moving him. But you know, sometimes we might think, oh, they're things moving happen. him, and then he even he does wonderful, more wonderful things at the, uh, at the at the Clippers, right? And and I think this is it in the sense that they yes, they've lost somebody like. Um, like Luke Kennard, who was really important for them. He's gone to the Grizzlies, mm. and that's be an, an interesting point for the Grizzlies because I think that strengthens them too. But look at the, who else the Clippers have brought in, in Eric Gordon. Now, yes, he's not a young guy, and this goes back to the whole old-age home thing. It almost feels like the old-age home has stayed in the Clippers side of, of the building at Crypto.com uh, Arena and not... Um, at, on, on the Lakers side. But Gordon gives them more shooting, which is really important for them, um, though he's obviously not that that much. Here. In fact, he, him, Kawhi, PG, they're pushing their, their, their 30s. Um, yeah. And then you're looking at, 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 you know, like you've got Bones, you've got Terrence Mann. That's a sort of young backcourt. And and the Clippers yep. were also able to to look at... at um, the, and the they've still got Reggie, right? They've still got Reggie Jackson? No, he gone. Where, where, where did Jack, Cyrus, there's been so many moves. Now. It's, How did I miss Reggie Jackson? Where is it? Unbelievable, unbelievable thing. Um, he ended up in the, the buyout market. So he's actually, okay. I think they said um, he might be going to Phoenix. I, 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 I stand corrected on that one. There's been so much mm -hmm. happening, Kanda. Uh, but yeah, Reggie Jackson left. Um, he was part of, of, of one or two of the deals. So like Reggie Jackson, Patrick Beverly, you know, all these guys suddenly found themselves in different situations again. And and I think for somebody like Patrick Beverly, it must be quite chastening where you're like, okay, I took all this smack and then here I am always being traded. Um, it, it's hard not to be the one that everybody wants because ja uh, Reggie Jackson went to the Hornets um, as mm -hmm. part of the Clippers deal to have, uh, to get Mason Plumlee. 
Um, so that's what I was yeah. saying. Like they've got some 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 center depth um, at, at 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 the Clippers. So you don't have just Ibika Zubac who's there. Um, mm-hmm. So I think yeah, the Clippers de- and and let's. I think the Clippers are one of the other winners, though. It's still it's a minor win. I don't know if they if they if they you know suddenly favorites um, in in LA. But let's also not forget that. They are also in the playoff places right now as we record this. So you mm-hmm, know, these mm-hmm. moves help get them a bit better as opposed to trying to get them to elevate a little bit more. Because the other thing about the Lakers moves is you still have to count on LeBron James being healthy and Anthony Davis being healthy. If those guys are healthy, then that gives them opportunity to try and climb up the standings. And then we'll see from there. But for the Clippers, these trades also say, okay, look, we've, we're in a good position. We could actually get a little bit better um, from a seeding perspective. Um, we spoke about the Kyrie deal last week. Mm-hmm. Are, the, are the Mavericks a winner in this situation? Yes, uh, Cyrus, I think they've got themselves uh, two all-star elite uh, players in Luka Doncic and, and Kyrie now. And, and, and like I said, the, 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 the Morris twin that ended up there, because we don't want to go back and forth with that, he's good <laughs> defensively and he, he can shoot from uh, the perimeter pretty well. And, and Cyrus, it, it was uh, Markeith, by the way. It was Markeith. Ma- 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 it was Markeith, right? Yeah, because Marcus yeah. Morris Sr. is he's the one at the Clips. connected with the Clippers. Um, yeah. So, Cyrus, for me, I think the, the, the Mavs were the winners in this. There was the, remember, I always was about like why did they let go of Jalen Branson and let him go to New York? Mm. I mean they could use his you know his yeah. guard skills and you've seen he's performed very well in New York. But then uh they, they get Kyrie uh, and, and and you look at that and you think, look, uh the the Spencer Dinwiddie was was a great guy. He you mm-hmm. know but although he had his hot and cold uh, moments which really, really sometimes took my confidence off him that i mean yeah he uh, replacing him with Kyrie i think dude is uh, Kyrie to me is top 2 guards in the in 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 the nba and top 10 players in the nba right now and you you add that kind of talent to 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 a mavericks team which was problematic in the west uh we, we without a player of that caliber playing alongside Luca mm. because remember we were always going on the Luca being Michael and um, uh, uh, Jackson that is and and uh, the rest of the <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks being the other Jackson the brothers. rest of the Jackson five that's <laughs> unbelievable the, so, the so other Jacksons the other Jacksons you know Tito Jermaine Randy no you know, no need to show us your Marlin. Jacksons knowledge there we, we get that you know them counter but Cyrus you know, Jackson Love, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you, you know, like now you, you've got two, you know, elite players uh, who can be on the floor at the same time. I know their recent game where for the first time they were on the floor together it was a loss, but I guess mm-hmm. they, there's still a bit of chemistry and, you know, uh, issues still at play. And, uh, you know, two relatively, well, uh, Kyrie more do- board dominant than, 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 than Luca, but you got two guys who are relatively both ball dominant on the floor at the same time. There's also going to be that balance thing that they need to work out, right? If, if yeah. they're going to win this game, if they're going to win these games, and which I think they, they have become a bigger problem in, in, in the West. I think they can take out teams like the Clippers and the Lakers. And, uh, you think you know, so? Probably even the Grizzlies. In a, in a, in a, wow. in a, in a seven wow. game. In a seven-game series, I think that they could take him out. I, I I disagree with that. I don't think that they. I think they've gotten better, definitely. I think Kyrie makes them a special bunch when you put him next mm-hmm. to Luca. But I just don't mm-hmm. see their team taking out better rosters because I don't think the Mavericks have a good enough roster to to really be out there saying, "Yeah, we can take out all of these other guys." Yes, it is a team that has managed to get to the Western Conference Finals last season. But let's not forget, yeah. part of that was a player like Dorian Finney-Smith, who's now gone. Um, and mm-hmm. and so I, I think that the Kyrie acquisition makes them better offensively, but I think defensively they might struggle. And maybe this is where people say offense is the best defense, but I just don't see them beating a lot of other teams across a seven-game series. So I disagree with you there, but I do think that they are one of the winners, also like a sort of smaller winner in the sense that 
yes, getting Kyrie really makes them a, a, a far more threatening team um, because mm-hmm. you're not just expecting Luka Doncic to absolutely kill you. Uh, you now have mm-hmm. the ball being shared a- across both him and uh, Doncic and Kyrie. So I think, yeah, I, I'll probably put them in the sort of winners category. I think I want to go across to, to the East Coast for the other winner for me. Um, and that's got to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that the yeah, Bucks I was waiting for that. Jay that was, Crowder, I, I was waiting for that because you had predicted this. I got to give it to you, Cyrus. Like you were like all the Bucks need, and I'd be, I'd be wanting to bring it up myself, but you beat me to it. Like you said, all the Bucks need is a player <laughs> like Jay Crowd. Jay Crowd, and when I saw that acquisition, I was like, Cyrus Rogers. It had been on the Cyrus cards. I can't Jay take Rogers. I can't take all credit for it. It had been on the cards. But the thing for me was they needed more wing depth. They needed somebody who could give them a little bit more shooting. And also uh, it helps with their, their, their defense a little bit. You know, like when you look at somebody like Wesley mm-hmm. Matthews, who's been pretty good for the Bucks, but inconsistent when it, when it comes to, to scoring. Mm-hmm. You almost have a carbon copy in Jay Crowder. Maybe uh, Wesley Matthews is the carbon copy of Jay Crowder. I'm not sure. But having them both on the roster, and then you, you've got a Bobby Portis there, I think the Bucks become really solid, a little bit more solid with a little bit more shooting. And you've got a Joe Ingles, who's also part of that roster. You're welcoming back um, a Chris Middleton to, you know, to, to full fitness, and he's been looking good, and the Bucks have been on a really great win streak. And then you've obviously got um, Giannis doing Giannis things. I do think, though, that the Bucks are... They need another point guard because Javon Carter, as much as he's played well, just isn't it for me. Um, and I, I think that if they can get somebody on the buyout market to just sort of help um, at the guard position, I'd feel a little bit better for them. But when it comes down to it, the Bucks have really helped themselves. They didn't need tons, but I think, mm-hmm. yes, unfortunately, seeing a young African in Jordan Nora leave um, is never good. And great. a not so young African in Serge Ibaka. Yeah, Serge <laughs> Serge wasn't contributing, and that's the thing for me. So you know, as much Sarah, as we love okay. Serge, let me let me protect Serge. Was he asked to contribute? You see, that there's a certain situation uh, yes. where you can wind up at a squad, and then you're just mostly benched, like your nickname, the benched one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're true, mostly benched, the what nickname. can you do, Sarah? But, what but, can but you this do, is the thing. The, the Bucks needed production because you can't just have Serge and Thanasis just cheerleading, right? <laughs> You've got to be able to 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 call on some of these guys um, to to help out, and that's. Uh, but it's the truth, though, Kaunda. It's the truth, and Serge as as he he was getting minutes he was grabbing some rebounds but they needed more from him and he struggled with injury he hasn't been at his best and he's been the first to admit that and the bucks it wouldn't it was a no hard feelings kind of trade to say look we need more surge sorry we're going to have to let you go you and jordan are going to the paces and then we'll see who picks you up from their surge because i think this might be we're getting to the tail end of Serge Ibaka's career in the nba um if the injuries carry on plaguing him the way that they have. Um, but going back to the Bucks and what they need, they might need to get at least another, uh, you know, helpful, like I said, a guard, maybe even another center just to help um, with, with the Brook Lopez minutes because Brook Lopez has been incredible for them and I didn't bring him up earlier. So when you look at it, mm-hmm. and we talked about the Suns' big four, right? You now have Drew yeah. Holiday, Yanis um, mm-hmm. Kumpo. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you could almost put Bobby Portis in there and um, and and Brook Lopez. Uh, sorry, I say Bobby, but I mean Chris Middleton. Chris and Middleton. Brooke Lopez I, is your big, I, I is your knew big who you were talking about. Yeah. No, no, no. You I love, love Bobby Portis. Because, uh, but, but he reminds me Chris of Middleton's Indian cousins. Oh, you know, you work so hard. Um, <laughs> but you look at that. So Holiday uh, and Tedekumpo. Middleton and 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 uh, Lopez is a really good big four for them. Now you're adding to that with a Portis, a Crowder, a Matthews. These guys can really play, um, and I think the the Celtics and, and, would look and, at this and, and say. And one thing I like about the guys you just mentioned is they work hard. They are hard workers. Yeah. Portis, Crowder, 
uh, Wesley Matthews, th- those are hard workers. You can see them mm. putting in work when they're on that floor. Like their impact is, you know, you can't miss it. I, I, I know, obviously, the first, the, the starting four that you mentioned, those are the superstars or the, you know, the superstars mm. on the star. But those guys, Bobby Portis, you know you're going to get some, even if he fouls out, but he's going to earn those fouls. You know what he, I mean? He's going to work. Crowder. He's going to work and, and, and it's going to be impactful. Smart no, exactly. players, and, I must say. And, and this is also where, oh, no, definitely, very smart. But I, I think, weirdly, the other team to really also heap some praise on is the Boston Celtics, who are another winner. Um, bringing in Mike Muscala actually also helps them as well. Um, he can yeah. shoot a little bit. Um, he, he contributes a heck of a lot to this team. And so when, I mean, like, yes, they'll, they would miss a Robert Williams if he gets injured again because they can't replace what he does. Uh, but Muscala can give them some handy um, minutes when they need him. Um, and and that Boston Celtics roster is stacked. It is unbelievably stacked. And and I look at them and say, as much as I love the Bucks, they might be the favorite out east because yep. of just how good their roster is, because of the players that they have there, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who's obviously injured at the moment. Um, I mean, you look at them and you say, okay, they can actually call on Malcolm Brogdon when he's fit to come off the bench. Um, yep. They've got a Marcus Smart who's still playing well. Um, is he still the reigning defensive player of the year? Yeah, um, the second guard to be so. And so we look at, at the Celtics roster, and, and the other thing that, that Laka Muscala gives you is a little bit of cover for an aging... Um, I'm, I'm going to forget his name now. Um, uh, Al Horford? Goodness, Al Horford. That's exactly it. My word. Brain went completely <laughs> blank there. But Al that Horford... Happens. It happens. Yeah, it's it's been a long day. Super Bowl was intense. Um, but the thing is, you know, you'll miss Al Horford because he does more than just score. He, he does more than just rebound. But they've now got cover mm-hmm. um, to try and replace some of those minutes if he goes down. Um, or to give them another option if he picks up a lot of fouls. Like, that's that's the flexibility yep. you need in, in a lot of rosters. Um, and I think that we've, we've basically covered most of the winners is there another winner for you before we go into the losers? Um, not really. Gee, uh, I think we we've covered everybody. I mean, there, there's just the. I, I was gonna be happy to see uh, Gary Payton the second back at the Warriors because of what he did. You know, uh, we'll we'll deal with season. them then in the in the in the not the winners. <laughs> yeah, so things are, things are up in the air. That that, that was gonna be just the. The, the 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 place where I was gonna be all smiles, but yeah, that that's still up in the air. So we we don't know what's going on there. But uh, no, no, no. So we've covered we've yeah. covered pretty much all of the winners. So what I'll say is, let's take a quick break here, Counter. When we come back, we'll um, cover a lot of the losers as to why we think they might be losers, and then uh, we'll get into the all star stuff after that. Counter Chama, we've covered the winners. We're now going into the the, the the trade deadline trade losers. And for me, um, yes, there are probably bigger losers out there for, for a lot of other people. But I've got to put the Golden State Warriors as one of the key losers um, in the trade deadline um, itself. And that trade for, for James Wiseman is looking more and more disastrous but with every passing minute. Um, yes, there was... Uh, tax implications and they needed to move him and all of that stuff but then the deal itself for Gary Payton the second who they could have just kept and paid if they really wanted to but they didn't now he's got an abdominal injury and the Warriors are now practically taking this to court and the NBA are saying look we'll deal with these guys later but uh, let's ratify this deal so we can move forward and the Warriors have said okay fine we'll move forward with it but we're not letting this go it's it's an unmitigated disaster in Golden State. And I think there's major issues there. And I'm reading that there's a potential upheaval coming at the end of the season. Um, but do you agree that the, the Warriors are probably one of the biggest losers in the trade deadline? Let's not call it losers. I think let's call it non-winners. You know, let's, uh, they, they are losing. Really but, but Cyrus, 
Look, it's not as if Gary Payton the second is not going to get better. Uh, he, he they he, say he, will recover. he might be he might be out for three months. That's the entire season calendar. Um, so, but Cyrus, he, he comes back next month and gives them better production than three what James Wiseman. Months, not three weeks, Jam- three months. What, what what has James Wiseman given them over the past three months apart from one thirty point game? He's still going to be available. There's a difference between, like they say, the best ability is availability, right? And you can still have a guy who you who you don't pick versus a guy who you can't pick, and that for me is the biggest issue here. Look, Cyrus, if you're going to get all semantics and logical and legal about it, <laughs> yes, you're going to win. But if you get a guy that you can pick but still performs very poorly, he might as well sit on the bench with the guy that you can't pick. You understand that what I mean? That might be like, the case, but he's there. He's somebody you yeah. can say, James, we need somebody to run off this bench. And and I think this is where the biggest issue for the Warriors is because we're looking mm. at this this issue with, with GP2 and he's been playing using painkilling injections. The yeah. Warriors medical staff have been like, there's no ways we're going to let this guy play that way. It is unethical and it doesn't help the team at all. We need him to be playing at his best. And if the Warriors had known that he'd had this injury um, mm-hmm. and the injury being at the level that it's at, they wouldn't have made this trade. So this that's one side of it. The other side is they would. it almost felt like they were forced to make a trade because the, the, you know, the, very late in, in into the deadline, they needed somebody. The, you know, the, the team has just not been performing. The, the roster is not great, and I don't even know if GP two is the player that that really changes much for them when you look at it in terms of how they improve going into the rest of the season. Just remember this: this is a Western Conference where now Kevin Durant has come back. The mm. Phoenix Suns are now suddenly, you know, this monster of a team. And the trade that you're making to try and improve is to bring back Gary Payton II, who was a great role player um, yep. and did really well for them. But he's not a, a game changer. Um, and you still have Steph struggling with, with, with injury issues as well. I think the Warriors are in a far worse space now than they were before uh, the trade deadline a couple of weeks. Uh, like if you look at it from a couple of weeks ago. Ah, look, it's it's a here and there situation because I'd rather have a potential Gary Payton I know who might sit out for the rest of the season than have a James Wiseman who who belongs in the G League. Uh, let, let me just end there before I well, get myself into. I, I, I hear what you're saying, kind of but but I'll I'll say this: the biggest issue I have is not necessarily that it was Gary Payton the second, but rather if the Warriors traded for somebody. They needed to trade for somebody fit. And I think mm-hmm. that when there had been the talk of it being Sadiq Bay, I would have been okay with that as a Warriors fan. I'd be like, actually, he's been playing quite well for the for the Pistons. I'm not sure if he's completely Warriors um, style of player, but at least he's fit, he's available, he's been performing. Um, and now but- you're in a situation where you're, you're comparing him uh, like uh, GP2 to mm-hmm. James Wiseman who hasn't been playing, as opposed to looking at him being a player who has been playing and is fit. And that's the thing for me. I was about to say, in the Warriors' defense, I think they didn't know about all this. Otherwise, oh, no, they, they, they didn't. They, they wouldn't have, uh, you, you know, let this one slide. And 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 to be honest, Cyrus, um, I think personally then teams need to be doing the physicals. And, and the thing is, when you're doing the, the trade deadline rush, it, you, you can't exactly do the physical before the time you, exactly. you make the decision, right? Which yeah, is yeah. unfair on the teams a little bit because you don't know if you're getting an injured player or some player who's been injured for a minute and has been getting these painkiller injections, right? So it's, it's a tricky one. But that's that where the I trust, can't blame. Yeah. The, the, the trust the, comes in. You you, yeah. you can't blame the Warriors for not no, knowing. No, you, you can't, but you at can't the blame the Warriors time, for not knowing. They they managed to work themselves into a bad deal that got worse. That's how I see it. That I think that bring back GP two is 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 nice for the vibes, but the reality <laughs> is he doesn't necessarily elevate this team. Um, mm. He he was a great great team player for them last season when they won the championship. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. I'm looking at them and saying, do they compete with a Denver? Do they compete with a Memphis? Do they compete with a Phoenix? 
those are the guys they're supposed to be competing for for a championship, uh, competing with for a championship. And I don't think that bringing GP2 in changes that dynamic. I mean, yes, we're seeing Steph was playing pretty well. Clay Thompson seems to have found a lot of good form. Uh, Jordan yep. Poole has actually gotten better again. Uh, Draymond has had his you know hot and cold moments, but he's been really impactful late on. We just haven't seen Wiggins kick into gear again. Kevon Looney has needed help and has still not gotten help again. Um, you know, so Jonathan there's Kaminga so much I just don't understand. He's doing okay. He's still young. Um, but but this is the thing. The Warriors seem to be in, in limbo. So anyway, I'll get off this Warriors bashing train. Um, who are the other losers for you? Um, and we're not calling them losers. It'd be like, oh, loser. But in terms of just guys who aren't winners, as you put it. Uh, I think uh, the, the Miami Heat for me. Although mm. they literally mm. did next to nothing, right? And they had yeah. the opportunity. They, they they had a chip in a in a Kyle Lowry, uh, even a Duncan Robinson a package that they could have sent somewhere and, yeah. and gotten some reinforcements to really help out Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. You know, because yeah. let, let's admit it, uh, the Kyle Lowry experiment hasn't worked. It was uh, one of those things where you think it's going to be good, but uh, you know, it, it it hasn't panned out. I think. They're a not-so-winner. Um, I don't know if the, the Utah Jazz have just given up. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I think, let's, let's be again. honest. We yeah, can't really call build. Utah, Utah um, losers because I think the, the, the thought had always been they were going to be in the Wembenyama sweepstakes and then yeah. they started performing incredibly well and everyone was like, so what are you going to do now? And they were like, well, the thing we thought we were going to do at the beginning of the season is just our players were so good. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not as if they're, they're, they're trying to be the worst players, uh, worst team in the NBA, but I wouldn't put Utah in there. Um, I, I definitely agree with you with, with regards to the Miami Heat. I think the Heat themselves have just been, they've just been incredibly bad uh, in terms of bringing help in. All they've done was get rid of, of Dwayne Dedman. Um, which I guess was necessary, but yeah. you can't have these stories of of you know the president of basketball affairs falling asleep and missing the entire trade deadline, um, and that's why Kyle Lowry is still on your roster. That's absolutely insane, if true. Um, but th- I think that the Heat would have needed a, a lot more in order to be more competitive. Maybe they're looking at this as saying, "Look, it's not quite the time for it this season." Maybe mm-hmm. in the off season, but we've been saying that for a couple of years now. Where it's like, okay, they're a free agency destination. People want to want to yeah. go to Miami. The culture, the vibe, all of that stuff, but it just doesn't seem to happen. So I'm not sure what's happening at the Heat, but yeah, I think that this deadline, yeah, I would definitely put them there. Um, I'll give I want to give you that, mm, that, that please, we might please. disagree on. They didn't win because they didn't do anything. The Toronto Raptors. So I was just about to say that the Toronto Raptors <laughs> might also be another one of those because I think the thing is they are. It's not that if they didn't do anything, they brought in Jakobuetel, right? And you're well, like, okay, yeah. so hang on. We thought they were going to change this. I'm roster talking about like a sort super, of superstar off. move, you know, like but they like but they, they went with, uh, with uh, Kawhi. Kawhi and Danny Green. Nah, you know? I, I thought I, they'd try, you know, pull one of those. Nah, I, I don't think that was ever really on the cards. Primarily because you look at at, at where the roster is and and what Masai is trying to work with here. I think he's he's come to understand that some of the players that he has on this team might not be championship um, material. Um, he's mm-hmm. got some good players there, but I think he's looking at them saying, nah, but these guys can't ne- necessarily take it to the next level. So I think that they're looking to try and rebuild stuff in the offseason as well. Um, and I, I didn't think that they'd be trying to lure somebody to Toronto, considering that there are very few players that they can um, bring across the border to, to Canada. And, and even then, who would have been a game changer for them? Um, I think they would have inquired about a KD, um, but I think Brooklyn would have been like, nah, we can get better stuff somewhere else. And KD also just wanted Phoenix. So, um, And then the Kyrie situation... I don't think that they would have been interested in him from a culture perspective and, and the fit. Um, so when you look at it, I don't see which star names would have been, you know, potentially mm. roped into a Toronto situation. I think the the difference would have been the Raptors really leaning into rebuilding the team. Uh, right now, mm-hmm. it just looks like they're in a holding pattern and they haven't done that yet. So um, I think they might try and make the playoffs, see what they can do, but that will be it. 
but in terms of um I think it was the inaction. You know, there was a lot of, of stories about OG Ananobi potentially leaving, teams all Pascal inquiring Siakam, about him. Uh, Pascal, I, I don't even... I think and, and, the, and I think the Pascal piece. So yeah, those are, I think those Pascal... Were, those were three names that were, were, hmm. were out there in the discussion. So I thought, as soon as though their names are doing the circles around the campfire, I thought maybe no. Masai's got a... The trick is going to, you know, pull out just like he did with Kawhi. You know, maybe that will forever be embedded in my brain to say, you know, Masai can always pull a rabbit out of his hat. So, you know, I was expecting something. I mean, most people the- only win the lottery once. Um, and the, the Raptors did that time. I just don't True. see, um, who they, they, they would be, would have been able to bring in because Masai's also going to have to look at this and say, if we're going to, rebuild this roster we've got to look at, at players like scotty barnes who mm-hmm. um we have a lot of faith in he hasn't progressed the way we wanted him to in his second year but we've got to keep the investment going i was surprised that they weren't involved in trying to get a james wiseman to go to toronto because he is young but hear me out as much as you pull your face and people can't see that now um he's he would have gone to a, uh, a franchise that helps develop players he hasn't mm-hmm. had much game time. He never, he hardly played in college. I think he played like maybe two, three games. And he's yep. trying to learn how to be an NBA player from playing in massive games for the Warriors in a system that doesn't necessarily suit him. So I think that Wiseman could have developed into something if he'd gone to a place like Toronto and and allowed them to build in the same or similar timeline to somebody like Scotty Barnes. Because I think that Wiseman has a lot of skill. I don't think he's a bust yet. I think, if anything, he was drafted by the wrong team. And they just didn't utilize him. I mean, it's crazy to think that the Warriors could have gone with Lamelo Ball, but chose James Wiseman only to let go of him later. I'm back at, at heaping um, disdain on the Warriors right now. I'm going to stop doing that. Um, but I do think, yeah, the Raptors might be one of the losers, maybe because of their inactivity, or rather bring in Portal and everyone's like, huh, what the heck's going on now? Um, I think we can probably do one more potential loser. Um, mm-hmm. In this in this trade deadline, um, Kounda, I'm not so sure, but I think the Chicago Bulls might be one of the losers in this particular trade deadline too. Oh, really? Um, Hit me with it. Hit me with it. So Chicago has has really been underperforming this season as well. I mean, you look at them out in the East, yep. and they're like eleventh in the Eastern Conference. They're a couple of games back from mm-hmm. like the tenth tenth seed, but they've still remained with the the sort of core three players that they've had in terms of DeMar DeRozan, who's an all-star again, Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. But they might actually also get Russell Westbrook in uh, as, as a buyout player, which would be insane. But the thing is, we don't know what their di- direction or identity is. And the Chicago Bulls need to be better than they have been in recent years. Um, they, they're literally just trading water right now. And I think that Chicago had the opportunity to try and reset. Um, if they had traded somebody like Zach Levine now, they would have been able to try and get maybe some younger players and really look mm-hmm. towards the future. But I think that they're a team kind of like Toronto where they're kind of happy with what they have. Maybe they're waiting for the offseason to really start rejigging things and say, look, you know what? We'll rebuild next next season. The trade deadline's not really where you do this kind of thing. Um, but the Bulls just aren't looking good, don't necessarily have a pathway to to success with the guys that they have right now. Um, and I feel they're one of the losers for not doing anything um, significant in this in this deadline. Do you agree? Yeah, Cyrus, I tend to agree because uh, one of the expectations that I had was that they were trying to uh, use a, a very still valuable piece in Zach Levine maybe get some pieces for him or at Vuce because, you know, we've seen a better version of Vucevic and before he mm-hmm. really, you know, takes the skids, uh, it would be time to try and, I, I thought maybe they would move as a Levine Vuce package and, and, and then really get another yeah. superstar or something coming to play alongside uh, DeMar DeRozan because DeMar DeRozan, Cyrus, I, I, I know you and I stand on opposite sides of this most of the time, but he's just a superstar waiting to be joined by another superstar so they can try and push for something really big in the East. But obviously, they've got monsters like the, the Bucks to, to play through and the, 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 the Celtics, Founder. but still, they, they would be in a better position if 
DeMar DeRozan maybe teamed up with another superstar, not Cal Lowry, because he's not a superstar anymore, so, and that so, didn't so, work so in Toronto. You, you talked about the Toronto lottery, right? The, 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 the way to buy a ticket was to get DeMar DeRozan off the roster. And I think to, DeMar DeRozan seems to be the kind of player who, unfortunately, needs more around him than what he had in mm-hmm. Toronto. And I don't know if building around DeMar DeRozan is the way to go because of his age. Not that he's completely old, but he's in his 30s. And um, yeah. and I think that he might be another player that, that the, the, the Bulls should be looking at trying to move on. Um, he's 33. So if they're able to get any sort of pieces for him and really try and build a younger team... Mm-hmm. Now's the time to do it, and and I guess maybe the off season is where they're looking at at really retooling absolutely true, true. everything. Uh, but we'll see from there. So you you agree with the, the the Chicago Bulls? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, look, I think that's all of our trade deadline um, discussion, winners and losers. Um, we will have a few more things, but we want to hear from you what you think. Uh, please reach out to us, post up podcast on Instagram, on 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 Twitter at post up zone on Instagram at post up zone on Facebook. Um, let's go into the All Star Game injury replacements calendar because it's a really really interesting to see. Like we knew certain guys were going to miss out because of injury, um, and. Yep. Then the guys who are picked up, I'm really happy to see um, Anthony Edwards, Darren Fox, and Pascal Siakam get the, the nod Absolutely. from the commissioner um, to, to replace. So Pascal yeah, to repla- sorry, sorry, to, to replace. So the, the guys who have missed out due to injury are Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Zion Williamson. Um, uh-huh. So... They they they've been replaced um, as as those players by um, by the commissioner and I think if we look at it from an east west perspective you have got Steph in the west that would be Anthony Edwards you got Zion mm-hmm. in the west that would be um, Darren Fox and then you had Pascal Siakam replacing KD who was Seven in the east at the time yeah so yes. uh, those those are the guys who've been replaced and then what's been interesting is that they've just been brought in as all stars the guys who have moved from the reserves to starters. Uh, Joel Embiid, who we felt should Naturally. have been started to begin Naturally. with. Larry Markkinen. Larry Markkinen as a starter is fantastic. And uh, Ja Morant um, as nah, uh, no from the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you know, I, I think it's great. And you've got like a Anthony Edwards as an, a first-time All-Star. And I think this will be the first of many. Um, I, this might be one of maybe three, four for, for De'Aaron Fox if he carries <laughs> on playing the way he, he has. But the fact that Pascal is a two-time All-Star just warms the heart so much. Absolutely, Cyrus. But I'm still upset. Oh, yeah? I'm still upset, Cyrus. Why is that, Kay? Trey Young is still not an All-Star this year. Neither is my main, main man, the beard, James Harden. I, I swear, I'm, I'm just going to yeah. be nagging about this until like the end of the season, but it, it hurts me. <laughs> I am so happy Pascal is a two-time All-Star. You know... Stand up Cameroon, you know, spicy P. Uh, Anthony yeah. Edwards, I think he just had such an explosive entry into the season, uh, into the league. He's just been that guy. We've been waiting for him to be, you know, he's not Mr. Popular, but, you know, great on waiting film. for him to get his, oh, yeah, all star nod. I mean, he's a highlights reel of note. And then De'Aaron Fox, there's no denying what he, he's been doing at Sacramento. And I think yeah. I, I'm going to be glad if they make the, the postseason, Cyrus. It's going to be so great. And then I guess there's only so much room on the bus, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. And even and if you didn't have a ticket, if you can't sit, you can't sit. And uh, <laughs> big shout out to James Harden and Trey Young. But yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. It really is what it is. And and I, I must say, though, I was surprised that James Harden missed out uh, completely. I do think he's been playing at an all-star level. But it is how these guys have gone about it. And they said, look, you know what? We, we've picked our guys. Anthony Edwards, he's definitely a, a up-and-coming star. Young fans really relate to him. He's been fantastic. So he definitely, he, he's deserved. Um, Darren Fox, as one of the main stars of the Sacramento Kings team, who's done so well in the Western Conference, which is stacked, by the way, he definitely deserved it. And Pascal Siakam has just been doing so well for the Raptors. But because he's at the Raptors, they're not like, you know, a big, big team when when you look at it from a U.S. perspective. People will be like, well, Pascal Siakam? No, he's been that good. He's been that good. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we close things out, though, I want to talk about the Jordan Rising Stars um, game. And, you know, like you've got your four teams. 
um, and then they'll play um, each other in sort of round robin format before they get to a final. Uh, you've got Team Deron, Team Joachim, Team Pau, and Team Jason. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen all of those Rising Stars teams, but they are unbelievable. And and there was one thing I wanted to talk to you about that really made me happy. Um, mm-hmm. And it had to do with seeing GM Pau Gasol. If this guy <laughs> was the GM of a team, I think mm-hmm. he'd be one of the best in the business. Like his roster is unreal. I'm just going to run through his because there's a lot of names uh-huh. to get through here. But Paolo Banquero from the Magic. Benedict Ooh. Matherin from, from the Pacers, Jaden uh, Ivy from the Pistons, Scotty Barnes from the Raptors, Jose Alvarado from the Pelicans, Keegan Murray from the Kings, and Andrew Nemhart from the Pacers. That is a ridiculous roster. So, so we know who's winning, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it looks like it. It definitely looks like it. Cyrus, wow. Like, like wow. Okay. Yeah. And and what's great is like okay so you've got um, Jason Terry's team, who are primarily made up of of the NBA G League players. Um, there's there's some incredible guys there like Scoot Henderson, um, Mac McClung, mm-hmm. who's he's just so unlucky to not be in the NBA. McClung, um, really good player. I think it's just the, his size is what really counts against him, but. Joaquim Noah might be the other one that I think who'd, who'd have a team that could stand a chance here because Evan Mobley, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams from from uh, the Thunder. There's two of them. Um, Jeremy Jabari Sohan, Smith Jr. Uh, Jabari mm-hmm. Smith Jr., Jalen Duran, and Quinton Grimes. I mean, not bad, but Pau Gasol for GM of the of the All Star Game. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's gotta go to, because I'm, I'm looking at all these players here and I'm thinking, wowza. Now, yeah. Okay. Paul Gasol, wow! You know that sometimes they they say they're they're great players who are not good at selecting, uh, you know, yeah. players. I won't mention any legends, uh, but um, <laughs> wow! I, I think Paul Gasol must be he, he he. I don't know what he's got in his bank account, but he should start looking at uh, one of those part ownerships, controlling yeah, he should. director he really should. of basketball operations kind of because this. It's, and it's going to be wonderful to watch, Cyrus. Look at these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see these these um, rookies and 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 sophomores do their thing on the court. Uh, I'm excited. All Star Weekend is so so fast approaching. I mean, it's it's basically here, calendar. Um, it's definitely it's like, here, Cyrus. Yeah, this this weekend, if I remember correctly. Yep, this coming weekend. Um, and we will be doing an All Star special um, on on the Poster Podcast, but we had to do this bumper, uh, not quite quite bumper, but this bumper um, trade deadline and All Star um, episode. And we're just hopeful that you enjoyed it as much as we did bringing it to you. Kounder, um, it's been really real. Yes, Cyrus, as it always is, giving them this uh, NBA commentary from an African perspective. Yes, indeed. It's a pity we're not young G's. <laughs> we stopped being young G's a long time ago. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, it's been incredible. Thanks, Calendar. Uh, just make sure you ca- you carry on supporting us. Um, and also a big thank you to our, our partner, Supersport.com, where some of you might be listening to this podcast on, yep. uh, on their platform. Um, but, yeah, we've given you the social media handles a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, from me, Cyrus Rogers, and from Calendar Chama, it's goodbye, and we'll see you courtside. <laughs> <laughs>